All right. Y'all sounds. I don't know if is it the the brick that makes y'all sound good. Because how many of you how many of you right now are amazed at how good the person next to you sounded while they were singing? Yeah. See hands everywhere. They're like, because I've heard you sing and you're awful, but in here, amazing. Weird. Very very weird. Um, we are we are on this on this journey through Acts, and today we're going to be in Acts chapter 13. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, and just kind of put your thumb or your finger in Acts 13. We're also going to be in Matthew quite a bit too. Um, it's not my intention at all to to be long today. I just want to get one thought in your mind. And here it is. Um, by the way, normally you have outlines you can fill, and you know I ran them last night while I was sleeping. I was so proud of myself because I was multitasking. I was printing the outlines and sleeping at the same time. And woke up this morning to see that my toner had run out. So, but I slept great. <laughs> That's good, right? But sorry. So, um, if you want the outline and the growth guide, when you walk out, you can just use your smartphone, scan that QR code on the window, and it'll be instantly, boom, on your phone. You can study. It'll be great. So, you don't have anything to fill out, but not a lot to remember today. Here's the main. Here's the big idea. This is what I want you to get. So here, if you're new here, this is the first time here, here's how I teach. I teach because I was a youth pastor for over 20 years, so I know that most of what I say you won't remember. Right? I mean, that's we're being honest, right? So I just give you the big idea every, every week. Here's, if you don't remember anything else, just remember this. And so this is it. I'm telling you, and I'm so nice, not a pastor would wait till the end to make you get it. But I tell you right up front, because I also know that not only will you re- not remember what I say, but some of you will sleep. I mean, I wouldn't sleep because I woke a kid up one time while I was speaking. I just, I walked up slowly to where he was and said, boom, <laughs> in front of like a couple hundred kids. It was awesome for me, not so much for him. But I know that some of you won't remember anything but this. So here it is, the big idea. We're filled so we can spill. That's it. We're filled so we can spill. All right? You got it? Irish got it. We're filled so we can spill. So the great thing is, and we could not have orchestrated this. Connie called me, what, like a week ago and said, you're not going to believe this, but the city's cutting the power a week from Sunday, and that was last week. You're kidding me. So here we are in this big empty building. There's no power, so we bring in generators. And we just kind of, we get to, this is like an illustrated sermon because we just filled an empty place. And we just worship God, and his presence comes into this place and fills it. Do you feel that? Is it just me? He's in this place. And you kind of go, wow. Like, it was a mess. We came in here yesterday, it was a mess. And now it's full of the presence of God. So we're, this is an illustration. We couldn't have, if I could have orchestrated an illustration like this, I, I would have felt brilliant. But we can't. This is just what God did. To prove this point to you, to make sure when you leave, you get the big idea. You get the fact that he fills us so he can spill us. We are filled so we can be spilled. So here's the three things, three points. One, you will spill. You will. We don't have to talk a lot about this because you already know you already know this to be true. You know this from experience. Um, you and I were made to leak and over time things just come out of us and we can't stop it. And I'm not even talking about gas. But that's a good illustration, right? We, we were made to leak. This is actually the way that God 
designed us. We were made to not contain as much as we were made to spill. You were not designed to be a reservoir. You were designed to be a river. That's the way God made us. Now, John 4.14, John 4, just to show you that this is in Scripture, says that God wants to flow an endless supply of living water through us. He said to the woman at the well, you will have living water flowing out of you. He didn't say you will have living water in you, there forever, making a really big pond that people can come fish in. It will come out of you. Now, this is kind of a gross way to think about it, but the way it comes out is kind of like, you know, when Will was little, he projectile vomited. Have you ever projectile vomited? It's like watching a rope come out of somebody's mouth, isn't it? It's nasty. If you, by the way, if you have a weak stomach, this was not the day to come. Okay? But, I mean, it's like, we told somebody one time that he used to do that, and they're like, oh, so your son, like, he spits up? No. No, a demon comes out of him. <laughs> he does not spit up. Spit up's like, no, oh, that's so sweet. This is like, <laughs> you know? But that is what that means. It literally means rivers of life gushing out. God made you to puke. Kind of weird to think about. He made you to have living water come out of you. He designed you and I to spill. We know this is true because when we can't spill, it's not good. Bless Parker's heart. When Parker was about six, he walked up to me and he said, Dad, sometimes I need to poop, but I can't. It's not a problem now, I can tell you that. It's flowing for sure, right? That's a problem. It's like when your grandpa says, pull my finger, nothing happens. That's a problem, right? We call that constipation. You get medicine for that because it's not the way that you and I were designed. Matthew 12, 33. I just want you to know this is a spiritual principle, okay? Because right now you're thinking, oh, dear Lord. I don't think this is in the Bible. Matthew 12, 33. Here's what it says. Jesus is talking. He says, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Now, there's a lot that we could unpack in that verse, but can we just at least say this much? Just base level. Trees produce fruit. If they don't, we cut them down. You and I, he's talking about us. You get that, right? I mean, Jesus was not giving the crowd gardening tips. He was talking about us. We are made to bear fruit. We are made to naturally flow out. We will spill. Trust me. If you take things in, at some point you will overflow. A number of years ago, we were at Outback celebrating Parker and Will's birthday. We were down at the beach, and I love Outback. Any Outback lovers in the house? Yes. Outback special medium. Loaded baked potato, lots of butter. Anyway, because it was their birthday, we said, hey, you know, you can have whatever you want. So they did. They got whatever they wanted, and because they're boys, they ate all of it. Parker ate all of his and then started looking around for people's plates to finish. And, I mean, the dude, like, he's packing the food in, right? And at some point when he got done, he sat back and undid his, his, his belt because that's what you do in the South. It's like, man, that was good. He's probably like, you know, six years old. 
So he's learned how to be a southern man at six, right? And we're like, was, you ate a lot. And then they brought the then they brought the cake out. They brought the ice cream out, all that stuff, and he ate that, and he ate some else's. And him, he's packing the food in. And Wendy, because she's smart, an adult, she knows what's going to happen, right? So she turns to Parker and says, are you, you feeling okay? And he's like, yeah, I feel great. About three minutes later, my stomach hurts. Like, you, you okay? You, I mean, you ate a lot there, buddy. Yeah, I think I'm, I like I'm going to throw up. Well, that's not what you want to hear, right? Because she looked at me and like, he needs to go to the men's room. Well, and out back, we're sitting here, and out back, you walk across and all the way to the back. I mean, the opposite corner is the bathroom. So I said, buddy, let's go. Let's go. So we get up. We're running. Literally, we run across. We're running down the aisle. We got about halfway to the bathroom, and he lost it. So here's in my head. You ever have moments that are frozen in your mind? Like I can still replay this in my, I can still hear the exact sound. And this was the sound that we heard because when he lost it, he lost it right next to a table where there was a mom, a dad, and a three-year-old girl. And so here's, what, here's the sound forever in my brain. Bleh, splat. And the little girl went, the girl went, now that's gross. <laughs> you think? <laughs> you think? Wow, smart girl, you know. Check, please. So the problem was he threw up right there. Like, bleh, splat. Now that's gross. And here, here we are right there. And I'm thinking, what do you do? Because he's not done. So all you can do is I try, try to pick him up and get him to the bathroom. So it's like all the way. It's like a little bit of every. It's like splat, splat. Now that's gross, gross, gross. All the way to the bathroom. We go in the bathroom. I slam the door open. And I go, go to the stall. And he goes and it's locked. And I, there's feet. Oh, are you kidding me? Now, I don't know who the man was that was in there, but this is what he heard. He heard the door swing open. He heard feet shuffle in, and he heard a man's voice say to somebody he does not know who, I don't care, just use the trash can. And so Parker's like, all in the trash can. That dude probably never came out. I don't know what's going on in there, but I am not peeking outside right now. I'll just sit in here. Take it easy. Trust me, you will spill. No doubt about it. The more you eat, the quicker you will spill. <laughs> you will spill. You were made to spill. Now, the second thing is this. Not only will you spill, but you will spill what you're filled with. I know this is gross, but I need to say it. I knew what Parker had eaten that night. Not just because I sat at the table while he ate it, but because I could see it in the trash can. It was gross, but it was there. He didn't eat steak and throw up a hot dog. That'd be a cool trick, get you on some late-night television. You will spill what you are filled with. We've all heard this a million times growing up. Your parents said it. Maybe a youth pastor said it. If you're grown and now have kids, you have said it. You don't even have to love Jesus for this to be true, and you hate the fact that you said it one time, and you went, I can't believe I just said that. Because you hate it when you're growing up, but you know it's true. And here is the phrase that we all know. What goes in is what... We hate that growing up. Teenagers say to their parents, I don't care what I listen to. It's just music. And the parents are like, no, it's not just music. Like, what goes in... 
Garbage in, garbage out. We hate that, but we know it's true. Some of you have found that out to be true in an embarrassing situation. You've reacted in a situation with a harsh word. You've reacted with an off-color comment. And you caught yourself doing this. <gasps> you were, and I don't mean any disrespect to this, but I, I want to draw a picture that's clear enough that you absolutely get this. You were my mom when she had gas. Ooh, where'd that come from? <laughs> I know where it came from. You. It just surprised her. You ever burped by surprise? Sydney told me the other day her best burps come by accident. Yeah. You're just like, hey, how's it going? You just talk. You can't stop it. What's in you comes out. And you will spill what you are filled with. You have a harsh word to say to somebody. Guess where that came from? According to the Bible, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, it came from your heart. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we hate that, don't we? Bump into a grumpy person. Guess what does not come out? Joy. Somebody's in a bad mood and they spill out on you, they're not spilling out butterflies. Somebody's in a good mood and they spill out on you, they're probably spilling out joy. That's why even when you're growing up, you made sure you talk to your mom and dad at the right time. Your mom would be like, look, I know you want to take the car tonight. Don't ask him yet. He's had a long, hard day. If you ask him now, he'll be the devil. Let me feed him first. He may still be the devil. Depends on how I cook. I don't know. Let me get him ready. I'll prep him for you. And then you can come in and ask. See, we've learned all this. We know this is true. We just act like it's not. We act like we could put anything we want inside of us and still have control over what comes out. But we can't. Not according to Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. The overflow of the heart causes the mouth to speak. We know that we're going to spill. We know that we're going to spill what we're filled with. So here's number three. Here's the one that's the most important. This is critical. If those two are true, you've got to fill with the spill in mind. If it's true that inevitably we're going to spill, and if it's true that inevitably what we spill is what's already inside of us, doesn't it make sense we need to be careful what we put in us? Because it is going to come out. Does anybody here love the movie Elf? I do. Elf is the best movie ever, and if you've never heard of it, oh my goodness, you're a loser. Elf is, there's this great scene where Will Ferrell, he plays a grown-up elf, and he chugs a whole Coke. Just sitting at the table, chugs it. Love that scene. And he's kind of like, wow, the dude just chugged a Coke. And then takes a while, but eventually the longest burp you've ever heard in your life. And some of us are in between We've put things in us, and we've done a pretty good job of keeping it down. But at some point, it's coming out. And if it's inevitable that it does, I have to tell you, from the Word of God, fill with the spill in mind. Accept the fact that at some point, what's in you is going to come out. 
and make sure you put things in you that you want to come out. We've seen this. This is how God operates. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You just jot these down if you're taking notes. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. God promised that he would fill the church with power, the power of the Holy Spirit, so that they could be witnesses. I will fill you, and then I will spill you. Acts chapter 2, 17. After Pentecost, Peter's quoting Joel. And here's what it says. He says that God pours out his spirit. He fills them so that as a result, the sons and daughters can prophesy. Now, we can talk all day long about what that means. But to me, that says this. I filled you with the power of the Holy Spirit so that your sons and daughters will spill out what I have put inside them. Matthew 12:35 tells us to store up good things so that we have good to spill out. The good man stores, brings good things out of the good stored up in him. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Any of you have storage sheds? Yes? A couple of you? I do. You ever go to your storage shed and open up and just shake your head? God, I was really hoping there would be a brand new John Deere in here. But there's just that stupid old rotary push mower. You know why there's not a John Deere in there? You didn't put one in there. I mean, did you want something deeper than that? What's in your storage shed is what you put in it. Jesus says what comes out of you is what you put in you. It's really a no-brainer. If we want good to come out of us, we must store good in us. So let me give you some things you can fill up on. And some practical ways to do it. Here are some good things that you can put in your storage shed, in your heart. Ephesians 5.18. You can store up the Spirit of God. You can make sure that you are full of the Spirit of God. John 15.10-11. You can be full of the joy of obedience. That verse actually says that when we obey Him, then we have joy. Our joy is made complete. We are full of joy when we obey. Joy and peace, Romans 15, 13. He talks about being full of joy and peace and then spilling out hope. Blessing, Malachi 3, 10. That's the verse that everybody reads when they want you to give money. And God just said this, test me. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so great that you cannot, does he know what it says? Contain it. You're filled to overflowing. Those are four things you can fill your life with. The Spirit of God, obedience, joy and peace, blessing. And here's some great ways to do it. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 and 19. You've got to learn how to be still. How many of you are sitting next to somebody right now that cannot be still? <laughs> All the parents. Eh, me. Ephesians chapter 3, let's read that. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Here's what it says. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. Rooted and established. Do those sound like moving words or do those sound like being still words? They're being still words. So being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of God. In Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
you want to get full, you got to learn how to be still. Learn how to be still. I went to a restaurant one time, and I had a waitress with a shaky hand. I don't mean she was shaking hands. I mean that she came over to fill my cup, and when I handed it to her, she was holding the cup like that, and she was, and I was backing up, right? It's hard to fill a moving target, isn't it? How are we like that with God? Hey, God, just go and fill me up. Well, I'm going to go over here now. Come on, can't do it, God. Why, why am I not full? I feel like I keep missing God. Yeah, you're missing God. Rooted, established, be still. Here I am, God. Fill me. Just be still. Learn how to be still. Here's one that you will absolutely hate. Psalm 101, verse 3. David said, I will set no evil thing before my eyes. Philippians 4, 8. He said, whatsoever is good and pure and holy and lovely, think on these things. You want to start to fill up? You've got to watch what you're watching. Back when Rambo first came out, back in the day, I was like about 130 pounds soaking wet. But when I watched Rambo, I walked out of the movie theater like this. <laughs> Throw some mud on me, I was going to do the eyeball thing. That was the coolest scene ever in the history of movies, when he's hidden in the mud and he just goes, <laughs> he comes out. And I'm like as big as the pole. But I could have sworn to you that I was Rambo when I walked out. Why? I've been watching him the whole time. People were looking at me going, dude, what are you doing? Put your arms down. You are embarrassing yourself and your mother. What we watch affects us. What we see affects what we will be. What are you looking at? When I was youth pastoring in Lake Wiley, I had a mom come to me, and she was so frustrated with her son. She said, I can't, I can't get my son. I'm just, he's just so girl crazy. He's always saying stuff that's just like inappropriate. He, I don't understand it. He doesn't, he doesn't talk to me with respect and help. Ever been there, moms? So I said, well, can I come over to the house? Absolutely. So I walk over to his house. And I used to just, when I was a youth pastor, I just walked in their room. I didn't even ask. Like, what's going on? I'm, gonna, I'm just going in their room. And I walked in his room, and literally, this won't surprise you, half-naked poster there, girl in a bikini there, I mean, all the way around the room. I mean, he is living in the cathedral of skin. Oh, wow, what a shock. He doesn't respect women. He can't think a thought that's not perverted. Huh, wonder how that got there. And you know what she said to me? Because I walked out, and I'm pretty frank. I was like, hey, I got a great idea. She goes, what? Burn the posters. I can't do that. That's his room. Those are his posters. Why'd you call me? Watch what you're watching. And I don't know how exactly to tell you to apply that. We live in a culture where everywhere we turn, we see something we shouldn't see. I mean, just like without even trying. But David had a commitment. He said, I will set no evil thing. Before my eyes. What you watch comes into you. 
And then when you spill out, you spill out what is in you. I know you're wanting something a lot more spiritual than that. But all I got for you today is if you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, maybe you should change the channel. Not much more than that. And know the word. Psalm 119.11. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Just know the word. When I was, um, we were skiing one time as a family. And Parker and I were on the chairlift. We're, you know, kind of having this little moment. And then behind us, a couple is, a couple chairs is Wendy and Will. And I look back. And when I saw Will's face, I, he just looked, you know, like people just look terror-stricken. He was just panicked. Like, I didn't know what was going on, you know. And I thought he was using the bathroom. I had no clue, right? So when we got off the chairlift, I went to Winnie and said, what was going on? And she said, well, you know, we were just on the chairlift. We're going up. And, you know, they were at the highest part, which you're, what, you're like maybe 50 feet from the ground. And Will, his first time on the chairlift, he's kind of like trying to figure out how this thing works. And so Wendy said, well, you know, we're going to ride the chairlift and then we're going to get off. She just didn't mention it would be like over there where you're not 50 feet off the ground. And all he heard was, we're going to get off? Right? Man, look, if you don't understand the word, it can cause problems. It can cause a lot of panic. They don't, we don't have any peace. We're not full of the, of the Spirit of God. We just don't understand the Word. Just get in the Bible. Just read it. David said, I've hidden it in my heart. I've thought about it. I've read it. I've meditated. You know, we did the 10 series. Now we're doing the E100. We give you tools so you can read the Bible. And a lot of times we just want it to be a little flashier than that, don't we? Can't you just send me to a conference can't you just give me a DVD, a CD with a really good worship band? I can give you all that stuff. But it can substitute hiding the Word of God in your heart. Because David, now, if he'd had MP3 players, he might have said, I have listened to Jesus Culture on my iPod so that I might not sin against you. <laughs> I'll do it, right? But my guess is, I mean, he was a musician himself. He didn't say, I play the harp all day long so that I might not sin against God. I've hidden your word. I've hidden your word. Man, cherish the word of God. And it requires discipline. There's no other way around it. So, great strategies. Be still. Watch what you're watching. Know the word. All right, so finally, after all that, we can read Acts 13. So, are you there? Acts 13, chapters, uh, chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. We're almost done. In the church at Antioch, this is a new church. It's not your traditional church. The traditional church was in Jerusalem. Um, I love the church at Antioch because I feel like that's us, right? I mean, here we are in this building downtown, brick walls. It's just not traditional at all. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So they mentioned five people specifically. And here's what it says in verse 2. This is a key verse for us today. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. 
here's what I want you to understand today. We're filled so we can spill. That's the way God works. Like in here today, when we come in this place and you're filled with the presence of God, do you know why he filled you? So you can go spill it out there. People that just get filled all the time and never spill, they become old and fat and grumpy. We don't want to be an old, fat, grumpy church spiritually. I mean, not even physically, but definitely not spiritually, right? Because we weren't created to be reservoirs. They didn't come to the church of Antioch and worship and fast and say, this is awesome. I just want to stay here forever. And even if they had said that, God didn't have that in the plan. He said, well, you know what? Now that you're full, set apart Barnabas and Saul. Because i got something for them to do. Ephesians 2.10 says this, that you have been created to do good works, which God's already prepared for you to do. Look at the person next to you. Just look at him. Really look at him. Go ahead. Either one, right or left, I don't care. Do they look like world changers to you? Probably not. But according to Ephesians 2.10, they are world changers. God has created them specifically ready to do a work that he has for them. And right here in Acts 13.2, it says that he said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work, not a work, for the work that I have prepared for them. I got something specific I need them to do. And now that you're filled... I just need them to go spill. And the rest of Acts 13, you can read it today, is all about them spilling out when they went outside. What is our heartbeat as a church? What is my passion as your pastor? That this place, we come in here, this place, every single Sunday, man, that it would be full of people that are pursuing God in worship, in prayer, in fasting. Let's just sum it up and say, I want people in passion to go after God. Because I know that when we go after God like that, do you know what he's going to do? Love it. Now that you're ready, set aside Wendy. Set aside Matt. Set aside Phil. Set aside Tyler and Bethany. I got something for them to do. It's in Papua New Guinea. And we're going to be the ch- Set aside Eugene. I got a church in Charlotte. And we're going to be the church that says go. We want you to stay, but go, because you're full. And they'll be ready to go because they will have filled themselves so much with the presence of God that when they spill it out there, it's the presence of God. I mean, I want you guys to be real. I want us to be an authentic church, but you know what I don't want? I don't want us to act one way in here and a different way out there. Because all that says is we didn't fill ourselves with anything in here of God. But when we're full, we spill out what's inside of us. You know how I know? Go bump into Sydney today after church. Just walk up to Sydney and just talk to her. And guess what she's going to spill out on you today? Britt Nicole. She's going to spill Britt Nicole on you. Because last night before she went to sleep, I walked into her room and I said, you know what I want to do tomorrow? And she said, what? I said, I want to get up. I want to go to church. I want to have a great day. and Then I want to go eat lunch. And After lunch, I just want to take your mom and your brothers home and drop them off. And I want to drive to Lynchburg, Virginia 
with you and watch Brit Nicole in concert. And she went, really? Seriously? We're doing that? Yeah, we're going to do it. Big old hug, lots of kisses. And she's like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. And she did sleep. But I, she woke up thinking about it. She's thinking about it now. I'm going to hear about it for three hours to Lynchburg. Because she's full of that today. That's the way Jesus wants to be in our lives. He wants you to be full of him. He, wants, he just wants to come out of you. He fills us so he can spill us out. And when we understand that, this will be a house that is always filled. We won't be able to get enough of worship. We won't be able to get enough of being together, of community. Community groups no longer become a drudgery. They're this, I can't wait to get with my, my family. I can't wait to get with my group. I, I love not thinking of church. We talk about all the time as just a Sunday thing. Sunday's the least important day of the week because we don't want to just get filled here. We want to be full all the time. We can't be around the people of God enough because we want to be full so we can spill out. I want you to get that today. We're filled so we can spill.